Hi, and welcome back to Passing Judgment, a podcast about politics and the law and a lot of things in between. I'm your host, Loyal Law School Professor Jessica Levinson. I'm joined by the show's co-host, Joe Armstrong. Joe, we haven't talked since Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. And happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. We are headlong into the holiday season proper. So no going back at this point. Can you believe that it is basically December, Jessica? I absolutely can and I cannot because like every other thing during COVID, time is elastic. So in a way, it feels like we started this podcast last weekend. In a way, it feels like we're old hats and that this, you know, we've been doing this for about five years now. Uh, But as I said before, I am grateful to you and for making this podcast possible because it's not an overstatement to say we would not be up and running without you Uh, behind the scenes and in front of the camera. So thank you, Joe. Oh, thank you, Jessica. Thank you for reaching out. I am absolutely elated to be part of it. It has helped keep me sane for the last several months and as much as that's possible in a very, very bloody election season. And I agree with you. Time has had a capacity for compressing and expanding all at the same time. So let's talk about what the latest legal stuff that's going on in the world right now, Jessica. There's another case before the Supreme Court this week. What's the deal here? Well, it is, of course, Supreme Court season. The Supreme Court season starts in October. The term begins then. And it, it ends sometime around my birthday in the end of June. And I I hope that you will come this time for my birthday, at least outside, and that we can see each other face to face. But back to the Supreme Court. The court is hearing another big case dealing with the census. Now, stay with me, everybody. I know you hear census, and it might not sound super sexy, but it's actually really important. The census is the process by which we count everybody who lives in the country every 10 years. And we do that to make sure that we are putting representatives, federal representatives, and federal funding in the right place. We figure out where people are living, and then the federal government allocates to the states people, meaning representatives, and money, meaning federal funding. So states get a lot of power based on the census. And the Trump administration has now tried in a couple of different ways to, um, my opinion, but to kind of screw with the census. And so last year, there was a case dealing with whether or not they could ask about citizenship on the census. They said that they needed that information to help enforce the Voting Rights Act. Chief Justice John Roberts wrote for the majority and basically said, yeah, I I don't believe you, Trump administration. I think that this was not really about trying to uphold the Voting Rights Act. I think this was really about trying to increase white Republican voting power. And uh, you and I have a whole episode where we talked about that case back in uh, June or July. And then now there's another question before the court dealing with the census, which is whether or not the Trump administration can try to exclude undocumented immigrants. And we have never done this before. We have always understood that counting The whole persons, the phrase that the Constitution uses, includes counting everybody, regardless of citizenship, regardless of immigration status. So that's the main question, but there's lots of procedural questions in this case. Right. It smacks of the three-fifths of a person when it comes to pre-Civil War politics and what the African-American slave population represented at that time. Are they trying to set up some kind of situation where these people who are here are not here? Should they or should they not be counted? They do exist. 
Joe, this is such an important point, and this is something that I listened to oral arguments this morning, and because now we can all stream Supreme Court oral arguments, and it's something that the challengers brought up, which is let's not try and make people invisible. And whether or not you are here legally or if you're undocumented and unauthorized, the decisions that your member of Congress makes still affect you. You are still present in this country. You still have ties in this country. And it again, it is absolutely part, it's a consistent part of the Trump administration trying to take a quote-unquote hard line against immigrants, both legal and undocumented. And the court, what was interesting this morning, Joe, is that the justices didn't actually spend that much time on the big constitutional question, whether or not you can exclude unauthorized immigrants. Instead, they spent a lot of time on essentially procedural questions, asking whether or not they even need to make a decision now because the Trump administration doesn't actually apparently have the data that they need to determine who's unauthorized, who is legally in our country, how many people fall within each category and where they are. So you heard a number of the justices saying some version of, you know what, it would be great if we could wait on this. Now, of course, Joe, you know why they don't want to wait on this. I do. I do. Things are changing fast because counts have been counted. The uh, election results are being certified day by day. It was just earlier today, I believe, that Arizona certified their results. But just wrapping up this first part of our episode here, it sounds to me like it's a Schrodinger's immigrant situation. We have people in our society who are here but not here at the same time. As the sun sets on the Trump administration, that's what seems to be the policy that they're trying to set forth here. And it will be very curious to see how that changes with the incoming Biden administration. I think that, God, I was, I've was i so been waiting for you to mention Schrodinger's cat, and here we are. And so we finally <laughs> hit that moment in the podcast. And yes, I think if we're looking at what's going to happen in this particular case, we're probably looking at a Supreme Court that wants to put it off. And if they put it off, we know that means that the Biden administration will be in charge. And the Biden administration is very unlikely to say that they want to exclude unauthorized immigrants from the count. And so, but this brings us to another issue that was decided by the Supreme Court over the holiday weekend. On Thanksgiving Eve, a big Supreme Court decision came out dealing with a matchup between religious rights and COVID restrictions. And, uh, no no rest for the Supreme Court. I think it really came in just a few minutes to midnight on Thanksgiving. My goodness, there's burning the midnight oil there. So this case is something that we're going to see, I think, more and more of, which is the matchup between the free exercise clause, religious freedom on the one hand, and then something else on the other side of the scale. And in this case... The question dealt with New York State restrictions on uh, two houses of worship, a Catholic church and a synagogue. And the two religious entities said, these restrictions unduly burden us. They treat us in a different way than you treat secular facilities. And that violates our First Amendment free exercise clause, right? One thing that's important for listeners to remember is that Prior to Justice Ginsburg passing in September, the court was basically ruling five to four in favor of these restrictions. 
Now it looks like things have changed. The court is ruling five to four the other way, where the court said in this case, it looks like those restrictions did go too far. Now, one more thing on this case. The decision was actually four to four to one. So we have the conservative justices, the more kind of liberal moderate justices, and then we have Chief Justice John Roberts, as is typically the case, in the middle. And what he said is, this isn't even a live case or controversy. The restrictions aren't in place anymore. Why are we deciding this? Let's wait and see if New York puts these restrictions back. Now, the court didn't want to wait. And I think it's really important for people to see that Justice Amy Coney Barrett is going to play a big role in the court, as do all of the justices. But uh, one thing that I think is very important to her is religious freedom and the free exercise clause. And so I expect that this is uh, the beginning of a trend. No one can take away my right to sit in a church pew and get a pandemic disease, Jessica, I think is what that comes down to, it looks like to me. Now, there was one more thing that happened on the Supreme Court very recently. There's some kind of, uh, it seems like a dodging of a bullet, a post-election litigation situation. What's going on here? Yeah, so the post-election news when it comes to the Supreme Court is really, I think, that there won't be news. Uh, Listeners have heard me talk about this before, have heard us talk about it before, but we're not going to have another Bush versus Gore case. And in fact, the post-election news coming out of this weekend and the holiday week is really exactly what you and I talked about, which is that the cases are fizzling out. And one of the things that is so remarkable for me in watching this is that the judiciary has really held judges who were appointed by Republicans, judges who were appointed by Democrats, state court judges, federal judges, they really have done their job. The judiciary has held as a guardrail. And we saw this weekend, um, there was a decision by the uh, Third Circuit, and there was a appointee of President Trump. And he wrote a really a body blow of a decision. And he said, in different words, if you're trying to subvert the will of the people, you better come in here with facts and evidence to support that. And I don't see any of that here. Then there was another decision by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, where there was a supporter of President Trump, Congressman Mike Kelly, and he tried to say that the vote-by-mail law was invalid and that vote-by-mail ballots should be tossed out. And the court said, where were you over a year ago when this law was passed? We're not buying it. You waited too long. So there's one lingering issue dealing with whether or not the Pennsylvania Supreme Court had the power to essentially push out the deadline for accepting vote-by-mail ballots, But the category of ballots that fall within that particular bucket, there's about 9,000 votes in that uh, late arriving ballot category. And President-elect Biden won Pennsylvania, I think, by 80,000 ballots. So we're not going to see a big Supreme Court case. And who's really excited about that? I would say probably almost every member of the Supreme Court. Right. Yeah. One less thing to put on the list before the holidays set in on us. And I know that there was some more scorn delivered from the bench this time around. We talked about this in our last episode before the Thanksgiving holiday, how you use the phrase with prejudice. Right. And so there was some there was more scorn delivered down here. Don't come. Basically, they said don't come back. Right. Yeah, the case we talked about before, I think, was a judge who said this case, I'm dismissing it with prejudice and without leave to amend, meaning 
Do not come back. Do not try and come back under any circumstances. And it is worth repeating that the allegations we've seen by the Trump legal team and allies of the Trump legal team outside of the courtroom have been very different from the allegations that are made inside the courtroom. And that's because lawyers have to sign these documents and they're under oath in court and they don't want to face violations of legal ethics laws and of their professional responsibility. So outside the courtroom, we hear versions of, well, there's massive voter fraud. There's huge problems with the integrity of our electoral process. Inside the courtroom, what do we hear? Much more narrow, much tamer arguments like, well, we weren't able to meaningfully watch the people who were counting the ballots when actually it turns out that they were. But one of the things that we've seen, again, is that judges just aren't having any of it. And they're saying, where's your evidence even to support these narrower claims? So, Mr. Armstrong, where do we go? We're very close to December 8th. That's the safe harbor deadline when states have to certify their electoral college results. December 14th, Electoral College votes. January 6th, Congress says, we got your votes. We certify your results. January 20th, uh, there will be an inauguration of President-elect Joe Biden. It seems to me that the Trump administration, they're, I can't think of a better word, they're flailing. They're trying everything they can possibly try. They're throwing everything against the wall to see what sticks. So far, it seems as if basically nothing has. Perhaps in the court of public opinion, it has. But in the courts, it just hasn't at all. I mean, here's a phrase that I just came up with a second ago. It seems like Hail's Mary. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's exactly right. And that's why you see, frankly, that the Trump legal team has really thinned out. And we went from having some big name law firms who were supporting the Trump legal team. And now it's really, at this point, I think it's Rudy Giuliani's show. And that's not where you want to be as a legal matter. And they have fizzled out. I, I tend to think, stepping back for a moment, part of me wonders if the Trump legal team really thought they were going to win or if they were just going to throw so much chaos into the system that they would be able to invoke the 12th Amendment. And that was one of the election nightmares that you and I talked about, Joe, where it's not the Electoral College who decides because there's just so much chaos and we can't certify the results that nobody gets to 270. Instead, it's the House of Representatives that decides the result. And because every state delegation gets one vote under the current Congress and the future Congress, that would favor Republicans. So I wonder if that was a long-term strategy. Again, I do not see that working, but the current Hales Mary, as you called it, strategy certainly didn't either. Yeah, I shudder to think about those electoral nightmares that we discussed. We did two episodes on that, Jessica, one for Halloween and then one a little earlier in late summer, early fall. You know, I'm glad that this is not coming to pass because, you know, the people have spoken, like it or not. And if that's the 12th Amendment, the electorals and the unfaithful electors, that whole scenario, it's the disenfranchising of tens of millions of voters are at stake there. And that is very, very dangerous territory for any democracy. And this is ours. So I'm glad that uh, I'm glad the center held, at least in that regard. 
And before we go, Jessica, one last tidbit. You know, as these states certify, as we get closer to the safe harbor deadline, we get closer to the certification of all the states and the electoral college voting. There were two counties in Wisconsin. Those are the counties that Milwaukee sits in, the populous county there. The Trump campaign paid more than $2 million to have a recount staged in both those counties. And I think it was just over 200 votes were found, and they were for Biden. So that comes down to, you can do the math yourself, but that's a pretty expensive amount of money to pay to lose 200 more votes. So I'm glad that this is wrapping up, Jessica. I hope we can get back to actual governance and the, uh, the business of the country. There's a lot to talk about before January 20th and certainly a lot of rebuilding to do after. And we have some great guests coming up, some members of Congress, some really esteemed legal scholars, political commentators. And we're very grateful to everybody for joining us, for sticking with us. We really appreciate you rating and reviewing. And I read all of those reviews on Apple and wherever you listen to the podcast. You can find Mr. Armstrong, Joe, our co-host, across social media at In-Depth Day. In your other life, you have an album coming out. You are an accomplished musician. You can find me on Twitter at Levinson Jessica, the show on Twitter at Past Judgment Pod. And we're looking forward to our future episodes. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Jessica. TikTok, everybody. We're going to get there. Mm-hmm.